hello and welcome back to the Wyvern Podcast. It's been a long time off air because uh, number one, as he calls himself, my co-host Dave, has been a real slack ass lately and has not been able to record. Why, have... is it on, why is it on me this time? Because you're the leader, mate. You're the leader of the ship. Um, it's a little thing called leadership, mate. So Ooh. what you have to learn to do... Yeah. Once again, it's gone to your head. It's gone to your... You've had a few wins as school captain. You're talking and, uh, complete smack. I believe you're the one who first started throwing punches at me and um, I threw one right back. Ooh, speaking of throwing punches, we had a little scuffle this week, didn't we? Well, somewhat. I was uh, I was what they call in um, the classics a, a demo model um, for a uh, Defence <laughs> Against the Dark Arts class that um, Dave was running. Yeah, you tell the story. Uh, well, what was it? What was the purpose of the day? Oh, I think year 10, the year 10 uh, girls, so over at the Brisbane Street campus, they had a day where they were doing a bunch of, I guess, different life skills, some fun stuff, one of those sort of winding up the end of the year activities. And uh, they did things like some car maintenance, um, they did a makeup session, they did, uh, maybe they did some cooking as well, mm. just a whole bunch of really random activities. Mr. Lang asked me if I'd do a self-defense session with them. So uh, that's what it was. Yes, and um, he came up and approached me and said, uh, uh, look, I need I need a booster. I need someone to make me look like I'm much better than I am. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, um, and I said, okay, I'll happily oblige. So that helps the minimal street, street cred you've got left. Um, and so basically I had to sit there and... Um, get Stand there. Stand there and get smacked up by you. Uh, what, did you have names for those moves or...? Uh, it, was a ta- it, was a, it was a takedown. Mm-hmm. So it was a hip toss takedown, I suppose. So sort of a little bit, little bit wrestly, a little bit judo-y. Yeah, and takedown, uh, and then yeah, just locked you into the ground, locked your arms up, and then rubbed my elbow into your face. Did you? Did that hurt? Quite considerably. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted. To I be think. A... I think you t- you you stopped at the point when I when I was trying to speak, and all I got was. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was quite scary. That one. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting... Well, to be fair, the reason that I got you to help was because you weren't expecting. Mm. So I needed somebody who wasn't expecting to get thrown to the ground. And you've had experience before at boarding, like, you know, laying me out and doing those sort of types of things. I'm glad you noticed the nice touch. Do you want to explain the nice touch? Uh, Well, maybe don't explain the details. Yeah. No, I'll I'll, I'll tell a story minus the the particularly gross. So (laughs) Bomber did something at boarding that I was infuriated with. In fact, infuriated is an understatement. I was disgusted. I was a- as disgusted as I've ever been. So I um I launched bomber launched at bomber, took him to the ground and forced him to eat a lolly soiled a soiled uh, lolly that was on the ground. Into the carpet. <laughs> it was, it so was, it was, was the most demeaning thing on Friday. He got a girl who was in the crowd. Anyone got some some lollies on them? Uh, put it here and they threw it up to the ground. Did you know it was coming? Yeah, and then you said, all right, explain what I'm about to do. I went, oh, so the story is, smack. <laughs> and took me. I went, that's uh. weak as piss. <laughs> what was the bad part was the jaw was like twisted into like two different ways. So the bottom part was going like to the left while the head was moving to the right. So I think what was to your advantage though was your head was turned away from where the audience was. Yeah. I think only the people that were behind, behind us, which was only... Lou Davies. Uh, Lou Davies and Bull Rider himself. Um, they were the only ones who saw your face when I was saying, fight back, fight back. And, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> And I was saying it while my elbow was dug into your chin. <laughs> it was ex- extremely hard. Um, and it, was, it, cer- it certainly makes you think as a certain, but um, as long as, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of laughter from the crowd, which is a good thing. And then there's the next one, it was the first time, ladies and gentlemen, I've ever been advised 
when someone said punch me in the face. Like it's the first time I've ever actually tried to punch someone in the <laughs> face. I've never tried and I went, Oh, okay. So I've swung what can only be described as um autistic roundhouse sort of type fist swinging from the side. What's it called? A haymaker, is it, or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it was. I've tried, and he's just, he's ducked it like you duck a medium pace bouncer. Just, oh, well, that happened. And then, smash. <laughs> and hit me <laughs> into the ground. Did I take you the ground up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. That, that happened. So that's um how punches were thrown this week. But he's only doing that because he needed to get revenge from what was truly one of the greatest victories of all time. Where, hang on. I am talking about our Backyard Ashes clash. Vict- with... Victory is in inverted commas here because... Well, hang on. What was the name of um old mate, the uh, you know the famous Winter Olympian from Australia who all the other races called... Stephen Bradbury. Steve Bradbury, exactly It was right. a Bradbury victory. That's what it was. It was a victory. That's all that matters. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he uh, fell in the, sl- the... There was a crash in the semis as well. So there was a crash in the semis that got him into the uh, gold medal... Uh, race, mm-hmm. and then there was a crash that took out the gold, silver, and bronze. This good through for the gold. But did he get gold? Yeah, he did. He got gold, and I won. So what happened last week? Uh, Hampstead, with an ego the size of his nose, came down to boarding and said, I'll take you on in a game of backyard cricket. I said, bring it on. And which I was somewhat under form in the early You innings. were under form. There was gaps between your bat and pad like the gaps between your teeth. <laughs> yeah, but um, but then I ca- I came back, and that's the thing. I was making look. You don't need to make double digit scores early on. It just do- it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And well, apparently it wasn't relevant because I made lots of double digit scores. Mm, but then what what brought about your downfall, Icarus? Anyone know the story of Icarus, um, the Greek mythology who flew too close to the sun and his wings got burnt because of um ego. So Icarus here to my left, um, Hampstead said. Winner takes all, last innings. And I went, what did I say? What did I say? Because your pride was in the road of your um, clarity. It was because it was a dominant performance up to that point. There was nothing to play for. The game was almost over. It was a dominant performance. Almost. Almost. So, it was so, almost over. So I needed, you know. So you're trying to say, if I went to a poker game, poker night, and I said, I'm going all in, boys, after I've taken everyone's money, and I lose that hand, I go, oh, basically, I won. That's exactly what you did. Well, Sit, ponder. Sit there in your wrongness and be wrong, because that's exactly what you did. Can we talk about today's game? Because we've just finished the backyard cricket today. Mm-hmm. I won that one. I'll just have a sip of my champagne. I won that one today. I'm not sure about that. Well, I think I did. Well, we, we changed up the circumstance a little bit. I taped a tennis ball, and playing with a taped ball, ladies and gentlemen, is a lot harder. Um, I think, how many double-digit scores did we say that? Four? I scored four of them, yeah, so that was probably it. No, no there's more than that. No. How many in the 20s? Uh, I got two in the 20s. You got one? I got one in the 20s. So, And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was certainly a lot harder. But um, yeah, I'm telling you, the history is told by the victors. So that's why I'm telling this story. Because right. it was clearly that the legacy that you're going to leave in terms of backyard cricket is um, ashes, pretty much. Well, so I think I go down as, like, uh, as one of the all-time great courtyard cricketers. Mm, well, I did get a duck in my last inning, similar to the great of Bradman, so um, I guess we can all go down <laughs> in our own certain ways, can't we? Anyway, let's get off you in a demoralising loss. So up here, we've got some shout-outs we've got to give that are well overdue. Hunter Dowzell has been going at me, saying, Sir, where's my where's my shout-out on the Wyvern? Hunter, here it is. You're mediocre at everything. No, I'm only joking. Um, no, he's, he's, been, he's had been a strong performer in... Uh, in quite a number of sports, particularly his horse sports and rugby, though. Mm, beast in the in terms of the rugby. He's a beast of a human. He's I'm sure that he's taller than me. So, 
I'm six one and a half. Well, I'm probably only six six one now. Maybe less than that with my bad back. Um, he's a tall kid. Mm-hmm. Plays rugby pretty well. No, no two ways about that. He's quite a handy rugby player. Quite a handy rugby. I'll player. grant him that. And goes very well on the horses as well. Mm-hmm. Now I can't give you any details about that because I literally know spit about horses like yourself. <laughs> Nothing's changed. But well, I, I ask lots of questions, so I so I try and act like I know more, but I really don't. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, Hunter, here's your shout out, um, mate. Continue to be a pest, um, and cont- continue to inquire more than you deserve. Like so, this shout out. So, quick story about Hunter and the boys. They told me that um, they've been doing a little, little bit of their own backyard boxing, mm-hmm. and they had a little sparring session. I think that uh, maybe it was Hunter gave a pretty solid solid shot on uh, young uh, Austin. Oh, well, come on! Well, That's like is... playing tennis with the net down, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? Gee, like they haven't they haven't. It was counted. like David and Goliath. They haven't. Goliath accounted. pulled there's his no, finger yeah, out and no, had a crack. There's, <laughs> there's no weight category. They've just all thrown the It was a catch weight. That's what it was. It was yeah. a catch, catch It was a catch weight now. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, a more reason for you to hate Dave Hampstead. He was wanting Mundine to win in the recent clash. I which, did, yeah. Can you give me a justification for that? Oh, I can't. I think that uh, for some reason, firstly, he's, he's a brilliant boxer. Back in his time, I'm talking his first probably 20 fights. He was amazing in his first 20 fights. After nine fights, nine professional fights, he fought one of the all-time great super middleweights, Sven Otke. And to this day, Sven Otke says that was his toughest fight. He knocked Mundine out in the ninth round. If I mean, that's that's a brilliant performance. So you can hate Mundine for all these controversial comments, but he was a brilliant boxer. So I've liked the fact that he was lightning fast, that he was hated by everyone. There's something appealing about that villain aspect. Mm. And I, like, I actually like the fact that Having he... Having a lack of popularity, I can see how you would love that. <laughs> I like the fact that he was... Really, um, uh, pro-Aboriginal affairs. He, he's always been very generous to Aboriginal people. He's always been um, for Ab- Aboriginal causes, but then he was a villain in amongst the Australian public. So, I there was there's reasons to like him there, um, but obviously he says some outrageous things as well, which is the reasons he was hated. So, look, but if he's going to bring politics, polarizing, you yeah. know, one way or the other. So I went, I just went the like way. And there's other villains who are just like Anthony Mundine who I cannot stand, like Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is is uh, the new Anthony Mundine, but in MMA. And I hate Conor McGregor. So, I mean, I should hate Anthony Mundine, I just don't. Mm. Well, I think someone who brings politics into their sport and blends that um, with their sporting abilities and uses that to bolster their own image, for, for me, I don't know who you're trying to fool. That's crazy talk. You know, Donald Trump said to LeBron James, the greatest basketball player um, playing the game at the moment, and he'll go down as one of the all-time five, probably one of the five greatest players ever. Donald Trump said to him, close his mouth and keep dribbling. You're just an athlete. And that was that was a trigger for huge amounts of people to get behind LeBron James. I think if you're a public figure and you're great at your sport, you've got a platform to speak from, so speak from it. I think that's great. Anthony Mundine speaks for Aboriginal uh, issues. Uh, Kurt Fermi speaks for um, uh, disabled athletes or, or people with a disability. Would you would you begrudge Kurt firmly speaking about um, speaking speaking on behalf of people with a disability? You wouldn't, would you? No, of course not. <laughs> you backed you backed me into a corner. Yeah, look, I I, I, I think guess it I has think, to do with the personality of Mundane. Well, I think the point that you're making is he's made some outrageous comments and he's been more divisive than he has been unifying. That's the mm. issue, and I think that's a, that's a good reason to be disappointed with Anthony Mundane. That he's been more divisive than he's been unifying. Yeah, should sporting heroes be someone 
should be people, you know, kids should aspire to be. I don't know what kids aspire to be like Anthony Mundine. Uh, I think I think he's made incredible impacts on the Aboriginal community, and we don't see that. I've met him, I think I've met him three times, and when the cameras are not on him, he's a different fella. He's a really, like, he's, he's a really, really good fella, and he's, he's wonderful to Aboriginal people. But when they put the camera on, you've got to realise, the more you hate him, the more you're going to go and buy that pay-per-view event, and he makes more money from it. So he's a bit of, he's a showman. Mm. Do Aboriginal kids aspire to be like him? Yeah, because they've met him. They've met him at his clinic. They've met uh, his footy clinics. They've met him at his boxing gym in Redfern. They've met him at the community events. So they do aspire to be like him, and for good reason, I think. Okay. Oh, well, your, your guest got a better understanding in that field than me. I don't follow martial arts or boxing for that regard. Let I... me ask you this question. Do you think would young kids aspire to be like Shane Warne? I aspire to be like Shane Warne. Okay, so he's had... Uh, sadly, a failed marriage. He's had some pretty awkward instances with women behind the scenes. He was a drinker and a smoker. He's fixed that up. He's, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, that thing when you stuff stuff things in your face and cut your face up with a knife. Cosmetic first, cosmetic surgery. <laughs> do you aspire to be like Shane Warne? Uh, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> some elements I would love to be like Shane Warne. Nah. If I could bowl a flipper like Shane Warne, that would be amazing. Now, if these kids could throw a right hook like Anthony Mundine, I'm sure that would be amazing too. Well, I think this is the point, right? Like, athletes are going to have different levels of... Um, uh, if I could wolf down 10 cans of baked beans like Shane Warne could, I would also be very proud of myself. So, <laughs> would you, though? Of course I would. Anybody travelling in a car in close proximity to you wouldn't be proud of you. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, right, we're talking about superstars currently. That's what we're coming on. So I'll swap over to our very own superstar, uh, Harry Snook. Um, now, we've been going down to Magpies, and we've been seeing him play a little bit re- recently, haven't we? For those who don't know, Magpies recently had their Summer Sevens competition. Yes. Um, of which there was both uh, senior and junior um, competitions participating in. So they opens division and like sort of, from, I want to say about 16 boys, 18 boys, 16s, no, 17s, 17s boys, um, and there was... 15s girls and 17s girls yep. um, in the junior, and we had a lot of Karossi, um people participate in that. Now, the uh, the Red Devils, or was it just the Devils? I don't know. One of the Maggie sides, which was made up with the majority of Kappa lads, um, they went quite well. They went down the final the other night to um, the Octopi, I think a side predominantly of Farrah Blokes. Yep. Very skilled side, very quick. Um, Did you referee that one? No, but I have refereed... I think a clash between them. I knew before. you didn't because it was a quick game. They wouldn't put you. Hey, in. they put me. I've got my wings. They gave me my very first men's matches the other day. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was insulting you when you come back. Oh, well, there you go. It was. I did cop a little bit out there. That, so I think he, there was a demeanor. Oh, young fella. Yeah, and the smart ass three comes out. So yeah. Did um, so Snooky's team was the the runners up. Yeah, and just watching, and I think you were there one week when I wasn't. He can just turn it on when he has to, doesn't he? Like we we play we play smoke up snooker a little bit, uh, but he is he's pretty he's probably earned it though, right? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but you look at the people who are also around him as well. Luke Chalert, his right hand man, Sam Braybrook, uh, Sammy Buster, uh, both Myers twins playing in that side. Matty Thomason, an absolute workhorse. That is a formidable squad. I it, like it exactly right. Um, and it's just. You could see it got them rewards during that Summer Sevens comp. It got them rewards throughout the regular footy season. Um, it's just amazing. And I guess one thing uh, which is going to be probably a little bit sad is we're going to be having a gaping hole. Oh, not gaping hole, but it's going to be a, an absence which will be tough to fill in that 5'8 position next year in the um, Opens footy team because uh, young Harry Snook is, uh, I think, leaving us. 
I think that's oh, pretty much a jerk, really. <laughs> no, I knew we didn't like him. No, um, thank you for your services. Uh, Dave just goes out and calls you a jerk. Well, no, if you, hope if, you're listening. If you if you made it all the way through, then I would have would congratulate him. But now I'll just call him a jerk. That's so not true. Do you know where he's going? Uh, Is that we allowed to say? Do we know? Maybe we leave it off there. We'll, we'll leave it off there. Leave it off there. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, that's about... Send him Barabah. Just go to Barabah still. Well, Barabah. Exactly right. You can be a ram. Uh, green and white blood running through, I'm sure, somewhere along the lines. But whatever pans out, Snooky, um, it's been an honour serving with you. No, I'm not going to cry. Uh, you're, you're, uh, yeah, you're all right. Still, you're okay. Yeah, you're not too bad. You're, okay. you're about a seven. You're okay. Yeah. Anyway, go well, mate. Um, we thought we'd give you one last uh, pump up for your ego before you departed. I wish we could give a pump up to um, some of our cricket players. Yeah, we've had a... I don't want to say rough, because that's not correct. We've, I think we've had worse than what we've had. But um, we had our Douglas and our Wyberg Shield seasons have been and gone very quick. We had one Douglas game. Now, both these fixtures are not our competition. Anglican Grammar School and Douglas? Yeah. We no, played I them used, in the I, third... I used to work there. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure their PE teacher is wearing one of the shirts from the era that I was there. So that's probably been worn for many, many, many years. Well, we played. And needed a good. It probably needs to be burnt. I'll leave that with you. Um, I'm just saying that the shirt was very old. Well, there's nothing wrong with embracing a bit of heritage, a bit oh, of tradition. Typical you. Yeah, you know, conservative. But we played. But here's the thing. Excuse me. We played um, um, Macquarie Anglican Grammar School in last year's um, Douglas fixture in the third round, and we came up against them in the first round. So that probably oh, that suggests, I think, maybe the strength of the competition, perhaps. Uh, maybe it was just an unlucky draw. Might, that sounds like more like more to the point. Yeah. Um, but I guess I think... Now, I wasn't there. Yeah, I will let you know, I was picked in the side, but I couldn't play. I couldn't participate. It wasn't dropped. I just couldn't participate. They needed somebody to carry the water bottles, did they? Yeah. No, they had Gully out there. <laughs> well, nobody carries the water bottles better than Gully. Exactly right. No, I don't think Gully was out there. Um, I was actually scribing in the HSC that day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so... um. But I think, I don't think we made enough runs. That was the bottom line. I'm sorry, listeners, I don't have any details. This was weeks and weeks ago. This was during the HSC, so just keep that in mind. Um, but we unfortunately went down, so we're out of the Douglas Shield fixture. I think, shout out to Matty Tomlinson. I think he did really well. Um, he made a few runs uh, right at the end there in the tail and just bowled consistently as well. So Well, he tells us today about how many runs he got over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, oh, Matty, poor, um, after coming back from a foot injury sustained in... Um, the Summer Sevens comp comes back to play big grade cricket and makes a pair in a day. Two ducks in a day. Jeez. I've had worse. Um, try, I think I've told everyone my triumphant figures once in the, um, what was it called? Ron George. Ron George. Two for 84 or four overs. Is was that, hang on, was that with the silly runs? Yeah. That this. doesn't count. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, wish, count. I wish I was case. When you were one for 40 off the first over... So, for the listeners who don't know what you're talking about, can you explain that for a moment? Because, yeah, Ron George, uh, it used to be a competition, because I'm not sure what's going on, but it used to be a competition that was played on Wednesdays between the first 11s of the school um, schools around Tamworth in a T20 fixture. And what happened is, last ball of the over is double runs. Um, the first six of the overs are six, but any six after that within the over is worth 10 runs. For example, if I hit a six off the first ball, that's a six. Second ball, if I hit it for a six, that's worth 10. Now, you picture... You hit the second six in the over off the last ball. That's 20 runs. That's madness. That's crazy. Sheer craziness. They were, the, they were the stupidest rules. I remember going to some of those games and trying to understand the scoring and just thinking, this is ridiculous. I don't even want to watch this. It's dumb. Now, can you imagine being, I think, a 12-year-old or 13-year-old leg spinner coming up against the first 11 from another school 
and getting spanked for four consecutive sixes off his first four balls. Did they allow you to bowl it twice so you could get it the length of the pitch? Or It's not women's cricket, okay? I can get it down there. <laughs> That's actually true. I take a women's side, and they're actually permitted to bowl with a, a chuck it. They can bowl in any means as long as it gets down to the end of the wicket. I did know that. The women's cricket's actually good fun. It's actually um, they do have a good time, don't they? Yeah, and that's all that matters. It's a good vibe. It's not competitive. Like, yeah, it's sort of when I say not competitive, they're not going to like that. Um, but you know, they have a good time, which is all that matters. Um, I'm fluffing a bit here. I'm stalling a bit, and you're probably wondering why, because usually I'm so fluent in my speech. It's because I don't really want this episode to end. Um, <laughs> don't laugh because it's true. Because um, we've got a bit of a bombshell to drop. Um, and I'm trying to drag it out, and Hampstead's always pointing at the time, going, "We've got to wrap it up, got to wrap it up." Bombshell. It's more like a bunger. <laughs> I don't care what it is. It pain. It pains me. Sad. I'm going to throw it over to you because, um, yeah, I don't really want to throw it over me. Throw it over. It's just I don't care. Say, say it. Oh, the the wyvern is dead. <laughs> the wyvern's been dead for quite a long time, but That's we have true. to officially euthanize it. Yeah, um, euthanize it. Can you tell me your whereabouts next year? Tell uh, us. What's I'm happening. not at Carrollsy next year. That's it. And where are you going? Well, I'm going to Crino. <laughs> I'm going to edit out. I'm going to. I'm going to edit no. out. You're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 it's laughter of pain uh, and oh, sorrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah um, okay. But that's that's part of the reason why um, it's stalling a little bit here because uh, the wyvern has been a very big part of um, our lives for the past year and. Uh, <laughs> After now, this being the twelfth episode, so plus it, a pilot, plus it, a nine eleven episode, just hasn't been released. Not releasing the nine eleven episode it was stupid. It was your idea. You yeah, it called was, it. But I didn't realize that people were going to peddle such crap. You didn't realize that you would have got smoked in the argument. I didn't realize that I needed to thoroughly prepare for such a ridiculous proposition. You got beaten by two sources. You brought in, and you were confident you were going to beaten. But who didn't you estimate for the wild card sitting next to you? You agreed with me. I agree with you at the end when we're off air, but for the sake of taking the piss out of you on air, you got smoked. Anyway, don't try and defer from the subject. That's the bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. That is... So is this... Hang on, wait. You've realised that you are number two, and if I'm going... The Am I number two, though? The wyvern's dead. If, and... I'm, if I'm not here, the wyvern's dead. I've already advertised saying? for a new um, podcast partner. And on what medium did I do that on? What platform did I advertise for a new partner? You sold out. That's what you did. How? Tell the, tell the listeners what I did. Bombo rang up a local radio station and said, please, please, can I come on air? I'll pay the advertising time if you will have me as a guest. Completely you paid fake. Them, you paid them to go on air as a special guest. Completely fake. Mick Wilson set it up and I went on 92.9. They offered me to go on a sporting type show, which is far better than this, mind you. The editing is superb. And the co-hosts <laughs> aren't bumbling fools. And Ladies excellent. and gentlemen, Bomber is a pathological liar. And he paid his way onto. I did not, but I advertised. I advertised for a new podcast partner, someone who can do the editing and all the work I don't want to do, so I can not be a caged bird and I can finally say what I want to say <laughs> without the constraints of the narc next to me. Um, but in all seriousness, if anyone here wants to help me take over the wife and so it's not officially dead, um, that would be much appreciated. Next episode could very, very. Very likely be the last episode of the Wyvern podcast. It'll be the last good one. Oh. Let, we'll wait and see. It could be just a solo podcast. It could be just me rambling. Hey, Infowars. Infowars is a great example. <laughs> I can make Infowars. Most of these podcasts are just you rambling. Do you know what Info, anyone know what Infowars is? Alex Jones, mate. Alex Jones, exactly right. He's a, um, a logical academic from the United States. Logical academic. 
Alex Jones. Actually, yeah, he's take a that out. If I, if, I get, if, a if I get a job somewhere in the future and they quote me saying that, that's a damage. <laughs> Let's edit that out. Alex Bridget. Jones is a rambling maniac in the US who says things that the US, the US government is putting chemicals in the water that make the frogs gay. <laughs> Oh, let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. Tell your friends, tell your family, um, tell 92.9 to tune in and listen uh, to the Wyvern podcast next episode. It's been a pleasure to have you so far. Ham said you got anything to say? Nope. Oh, good. All right, see ya.